everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. The drama that I have chosen to talk about today is Dr. Romantic Season 1, also known as Romantic Dr. Teacher Kim Season 1. Now, I think that if anyone's been listening to this podcast for a little while, and not even that long a while, um, you might recall that very recently I did a sort of um, first impressions discussion on my feelings about Dr. Romantic season two, in which I proceeded to say all sorts of rubbish about not enjoying the show, hating hospital shows, um, just just a lot of stuff that I said. Um, and now here I am doing a full discussion on Dr. Romantic season one. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to sound like such a hypocrite. I have done a absolute full circle. I now think hospital dramas are the absolute shit. I think they're great. <laughs> Doctors are clearly heroes and um, I loved everything about this drama. This drama is so fucking fun and good and emotional and it was exactly what I needed right now and I adored it. It's so good. <laughs> but I really do feel... Um, like such a hypocrite after kind of ripping apart Dr. Romantic season two, you know, for a lot of the same reasons that in the end, I'm just in love with this season one to the point where I feel like now I do have to go and um, rewatch season two, um, not just because I want to know what happens to Dr. Romantic in season two, um, but because now I think I've really just sunk into this, uh, this kind of show. I understand what it is and I understand what it's for and I understand why it's so fucking good. So <laughs> there you go. That's my intro <laughs> to my Dr. Romantic discussion. So um, basically Dr. Romantic came out. So Dr. Romantic is the English title, but the direct translation from Korean is Romantic Dr. Teacher Kim. Apparently that's what it says here. That's not because I know enough about Korean to, to tell you that. So this drama came out, uh, you know, it started airing at the end of 2016 and finished at the very beginning of 2017. So, you know, as I record this um, podcast episode, it is, you know, a little bit older, not that old, but it's a few years old now. Um, and it actually runs for 21 episodes. Um, apparently that very last episode, I didn't realize it when I was watching the show, but it's like a special episode that's been tacked on, um, which now I was kind of like, what's going on? I feel like the show already finished, but we're just getting all this new stuff. Um, but it kind of makes sense. I'll go into that later, I think. Um, so I didn't mind it, you know, I actually, when I picked the show up, I thought it was only going to be 16 episodes and, um, when I realized it was 20, I was totally happy. Like, this is the kind of show I think you just sink into it. Um, and it doesn't really have, I mean, there is one sort of overarching arc, you know, one sort of antagonist and push and pull struggle that lasts the entire drama. But at the same time, the drama is really made up of all these smaller ethical worries and smaller high pressure situations and operations and things that are happening all the time that it just the pacing is really, really good. Like it's just this very consistent driving forward that I think just sweeps you along. And you just, I mean, I really marathoned this show. I didn't even realize how many episodes I was watching. And suddenly I was like, oh my God, it's episode 15. It must be about to finish. And then I realized, you know, it wasn't, and I had a million more episodes to go. And I was actually really happy. Um, 
Well, you know, I actually find myself preferring like shorter drama runtimes lately um, just because I like to consume many, many, many dramas. So I like, um, you know, when they finish, so then I can start a new one. Well, so with this one, I was just really happy to stay with it as long as it existed and really, really sink into it. So, yeah, I really loved it. <laughs> I feel like I'm a big fan. Um, so this drama stars, um, so the main character, well, it's kind of interesting actually. So I think there's sort of a main character for the first, say third of the drama that feels like the main character. Um, but then it kind of swaps over to being a real ensemble cast after that. And I even quite liked that structure. It was quite good. Um, we get, you know, the first episode as a real setup episode. Um, so I guess I'll just talk about the actors and then I'm going to get into, um, yeah, the actual setup of the whole show. So we've got Teacher Kim, who's, you know, the name of the show, um, played by Han Suk-kyu, um, Han or Han Suk-kyu, probably. Um, I don't feel like I've ever seen him in anything before, but my gosh, he grew on me. Um, so he plays, you know, the older genius surgeon who has sort of been ousted from the medical world and is working in this little backwater hospital. And um, I kind of really liked him. He's a real hard ass. So he's not, you know, he has these, uh, I guess, romantic ideals at times. And he's obviously a really interesting, cool person that everyone wants his respect and stuff. But at the same time, he can be petty and he can be too hard on people and he can kind of make the wrong decisions too. Um, and I really liked that. I liked that he wasn't this shining, perfect thing. Like he can really antagonize people. And I quite enjoyed that. Um, and then the two lead characters in the drama is um, Kang Dong-ju, played by the actor Yu Yeon-suk who I love. I love Yu Yeon-suk so much. I feel like he's now one of my absolute favorite dramas. I meant not dramas, <laughs> actors. And um, the female lead played by the actress So Hyun Jin. I really love So Hyun Jin. I think she is wonderful. Like she's so beautiful. And I think she's just, I think she's a great actress and I think she's just really warm and likable. And I like her so much in everything I see her in. Um, the very first drama I watched her in was Let's Eat season two. And, um, I just fell in love with her since then. So yeah, I really was happy to see her in this. Um, she plays, um, Dr. Yoon, um, and her name is Yoon Sojong. Um, so I guess I should mention too, that, um, I feel like, you know, if you listen to my last kind of discussion and how about, um, Dr. Romantic season two and how on and on I went about not liking hospital dramas and not liking the over the top dramatics of it. And, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I really complained a lot about it, I think when I think back to it and now I'm just on such a different tune. So I feel like I've got to, um, just sort of explain the background. So when this drama came out, I never watched it. Um, I watched the first episode, which has an epic kiss scene in it. And then I kept kind of being like, oh, I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it. And I never did. And um, I've always kind of felt I'm not mad into hospital dramas. Like it's not really my thing. Um, and obviously I tried season two when that came out because I really, really like um, the female lead, the actress um, Lee Sung Kyun in that drama. I'm sure I'm pronouncing her name wrong. I pronounce everyone's names wrong. Um, so I watched it, but you know, I, obviously I didn't get into it as I said on the podcast. Um, but what happened was recently, and if you listen to last week's episode, you will know, I watched the Korean drama Mr. Sunshine and I loved it with like just such an intense passion. Like I was so deeply impacted and affected by that drama that I felt like I had to spend two weeks of my life afterwards emotionally recovering from the experience of watching um, these people, these characters that I loved die. Like I literally felt like I was in a state of grief. Um, and of course, that is very, very particularly over my favorite character in the show, um, Gu Dong Mei, played by the actor Yu Yeon Suk. Um, so what I needed very, very desperately after watching that show was to watch, you know, Yu Yeon Suk in something else where he wasn't dying horrifically <laughs> and I needed to watch him, you know, sort out his shit and be a happy man at the end of the drama. Um, so I kind of picked this up very specifically because I thought it could give me what I needed and I just, it was perfect. And I think tonally the show, um, so this is what I mean. I feel like it was such an, a perfect 
moment in my life that I happened to pick up this show that was exactly what I needed. Because I do think tonally, this show has an almost a heightened sense of reality. Like there is, it is it's this slightly, you know, overly, not overly, but over-dramatized of the emotion. So everything's really just heightened. Um, and I loved it about this show, you know, so like, I guess the emotions are really intense and really strong and the emergency situations are so full on and there's heaps of sad stuff that happens because they're working in a hospital and people are dying. But at the same time, because of this heightened sort of drama world that you just sink into, it you feel all the emotions so deeply. They move you so deeply and everyone's, you know, emotional arcs and journeys are so you know, arresting, but at the same time, it doesn't say like Mr. Sunshine does, rip out your heart, throw it on the ground and then stomp on it with big boots until you want to die. Like it's, so it's a really different kind of emotional kind of um, experience, I guess. I don't really know if I'm explaining that well. Um, but I felt like watching the show, even though people are dying and people are crying and everything's really, you know, intense at times, there's something healing about it in terms, I suppose, of the overall themes and the overall journey that the characters make. And it's all about, you know, acceptance and self-confidence and um, family, but found family, you know, like learning to be happy with and being becoming someone to be happy about, to be proud of yourself. And on top of that, you've got all these young people who are constantly struggling with the immense pressure of having to be a doctor and having all these people's lives in your hands. And it's it's such an intense, I guess, struggle for them. And it's so inspiring. So I feel like this show, even though it can be dark, it has this beautiful lightness um, to the overall thing. If you really sink into the emotions and you're like, yeah, this is overly dramatic and why do all the emergency patients come in on Fridays? But like, who cares? It's beautiful. And I just sunk deep into it. But when I came out the other end, I felt like, <laughs> it sounds so cheesy, but I felt healed instead of like my heart being murdered and stabbed up like what Mr. Sunshine did to me. And also, so, I mean, I guess you can see why I, I chose this show and why I sunk into it so deep it was mainly just to see Yu Yun Sok not be dead um, and see him like doing something else that was a lot better than him being dead, um, which is why I picked it up. But by the end of watching the show, I was watching the show for the show, like, and the way I felt about the show completely morphed throughout, um, you know, the watch time of it, which was really, really interesting for me. Um, so for instance, at the very start of the show, um, I was watching it for Yu Yeon Sook and for So Hyun Jin, who I love, and I was watching it for their romance and I was watching it for the emotions. And then suddenly it changed. And I, you know, I didn't care about the operations. I didn't care about all the administrative, you know, the bureaucratic kind of fighting and backstabbing. I didn't care. And then suddenly, halfway through, I was like, oh my God, these operations are so tense. They're so exciting. And suddenly I was well into every aspect, like at every operation, I was like, oh no, like, will they cut an artery when they're chopping up Chem and Shim? Like, is it going to be a successful operation? And yeah, I just got completely on board. So um, I'm not sure. I think it's, I mean, obviously I think the show is really, really good, but I also think I was in the exact right mind frame to watch it and it was the exact right comfort food if I'm honest that I desperately needed <laughs> so it was um the stars really aligned for this show um but what happened at the end is that I adore it I think it's brilliant All right, so I'm going to give you guys, if you haven't seen it, just a very short overview of, you know, kind of what the story is or how it starts. Um, but, you know, it is a real, it's an emotional arc kind of story, mainly. I mean, there is one overarching plot, but it really is about character journeys, I think, and finding yourself and finding who you are and finding what sort of doctor you want to be. Um, so it's not like super, super plot based. It's more just whatever the crisis is at the moment. Um so it starts off with um, Kang Dong-ju. So for the first third of the drama, or you know, maybe a bit less than that, um, Kang Dong-ju, played by the actor Yoo Yeon-suk, 
who's so lovely and fantastic and not dead in this drama. I just fucking loved it. Um, Kang Dong-ju really is sort of the main character at the start, not for the first episode, but then for the first, like, I guess, third of the drama-ish. Um, so he, it kind of opens on this emergency room in, um, in Seoul in this like really high flying, you know, high end sort of big flashy hospital. And Yoon Suk is a new, I guess like an intern, like, you know, he's a new doctor. Um, so he's still of a lower rank and, um, Dr. Yoon or So Jong, so So Jong played by So Hyun Jin, uh, she's like a higher level emergency doctor and they just, clash like on a crazy level and the first episode of this show is so much fun like it's really really good um he's very uppity and he doesn't want to you know do the normal intern things of going to get people coffee and sort of being a lackey so he really says no and so immediately she sort of I guess pushes back on him um and also she kind of has a vendetta against him because he kind of dobs her in for something she does wrong in the emergency room um and she kind of just gets Dongju to do all the shit stuff like all the crappy things in the operate um in the emergency room so everyone who comes in who's a patient who's just you know being difficult or being annoying he has to deal with it and if anything gross happens he has to deal with that so it's very very funny kind of scene like I mean realistically you could you could say it's bullying you really could but there's just something about it that I think um the show handles really well so it just comes across as very funny and he's constantly just you know so frustrated and exasperated and just looks like crap you know like he hasn't slept and all this terrible shit just keeps happening to him um and but then slowly little by little I guess the two do kind of come to respect each other and it's these really nice like little moments where she talks to him and you know gives him a drink and just little things like that so I just really liked this sort of progression of them having worked together for a long time but really really started off on the wrong foot but we also know at the very beginning of the drama, um, Sojong, she kind of ends up in this situation where she has to do this, you know, emergency operation thing on someone and it's bonkers and she just pulls it off and you, like she looks amazing and she looks like the coolest doctor on the whole like whole planet and um Dongju of course witnesses this and we see that he looks a little bit struck but then they still end up fighting all the time so we don't really know you know that much I suppose of how he feels and then um after they've got to know each other for ages and, you know, had all this infighting and stuff, um, Sojong ends up in this another emergency situation where she makes a call as a doctor that everyone's kind of telling her not to do because if it goes wrong, she'll have to take responsibility. So none of the other nurses or doctors want to help her, but Dongju immediately helps her. He goes and gets whatever the equipment is she needs and just backs her up and, you know, trusts her, shows her that he respects her. So it works. They save the patient, but she gets a massive dressing down from, you know, the, the higher ups at the hospital. And she ends up in a storeroom crying and Dongju comes in, sees her crying and, you know, just, they have this little conversation and she's still very much treating him like what, like a Hubei, like a younger, um, colleague, you know, like a younger student kind of colleague. And, um, and then she's sort of like kind of saying to him like, you know, don't worry, it'll be fine, pat, pat, that kind of thing. And then she walks off and he grabs her and he kisses her and it's like such a good kiss scene. It really is. Like this is the kind of drama that when they kiss, they move their mouths like it's full on. It's pretty hot. It's great. It's filmed wonderfully. It's a long scene and it's very, very romantic and moving and amazing. Um, I loved it. I also loved seeing Yu Yoon Sok like passionately kissing someone in a romantic way instead of being dead. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> um, so Dongju just totally like grabs her, pushes her against like some desk and kisses her. And she's really, really shocked. Like she can't, like Sojong doesn't even know what to do. But then I guess what happened, like he pulls away and then he kisses her again. And this time she doesn't push him off. And she sort like, you can tell she's into it, but then she kind of comes back to herself, pushes him off, walks off, turns around, yells at him and says like, I've got a boyfriend, you know, and walks off. 
Um, and so she's waiting at the front of the hospital for her boyfriend to come pick her up, um, which Dongju doesn't know. And he comes out the front of the hospital and she's really awkward. And so Jong's like, oh, look, let's just, let's forget that this ever happened. Let's like, you know, we, we was just heightened emotions, you know, we're filled with adrenaline. We just saved someone. And he's just stares at her in such a like unabashed, unembarrassed way. And I love this. Like he's so just, if this is how he feels, this is how he feels. And he says, no. Like, it's none of those things. I like you. I really like you. And I've liked you since I saw you do that, like, super heroic thing on, like, you know, his first day in the ward ages ago before they started bickering and fighting and everything. And he says he wants to sleep with her. Like, he just straight out just says it and stares at her. And she's so flustered and doesn't know what to do and sort of scurries off and gets in the car where he, you know, Dongji finally realizes, oh, that's her boyfriend in the car. So he feels really dejected and confused. And then, of course, um, Sojong and her boyfriend go driving off. Um, and we do realize that her boyfriend was cheating on her and he ends up dying in a car crash. But before he dies, just before he dies, he asks Sojong to marry him. And Sojong doesn't really answer. And she admits that someone just confessed his love for her and her heart flooded. And of course, you know, huge car accident. He dies, she survives, and she just disappears off the face of the earth because she can't deal with the guilt. And Dongju, who really, really likes her, just sort of, you know, doesn't know where she is and doesn't know how to contact her. So that's really how, you know, that's the first episode, I suppose. And then it flashes forward five years and um, we kind of follow Dongju's story from there. And he has become, you know, he's a really, really good doctor. So he's kind of on the verge of making it big, I guess, in terms of moving up in the hierarchy in the hospital, being recognized, but he doesn't have connections. He's from a very, you know, poor family or just, you know, his mum has a little dumpling shop. So he's not from any, anything with like, you know, good connections or anything like that. Um, and so he kind of, I found him to be a really interesting character because, um, you know, he becomes a doctor for very idealistic reasons. But when we meet him again, you can see that he's really been worn thin and he's very preoccupied with being the best doctor, like being the highest up doctor, like being promoted, I suppose. And um, you kind of realize that he has kind of stepped into the gray area a bit in what he's willing to do because he's just constantly getting pushed back and you know picked last over people that have better connections or have dads in high up positions and things like that and he's become very bitter I think and very jaded and he has forgotten why he wanted to be a doctor he's forgotten that you're a doctor because of the patients um so I really liked how kind of far they were willing to go with Dongju. Like he really comes across all these sort of ethical decisions nonstop. And quite often he, he does the wrong thing. Like he does really make some terrible decisions um, ethically. And I love that the drama went there with him, that you see him, he's trying to do the right thing for what he thinks he should do, which is to climb up, you know, in the hospital ranks. And I think he's kind of telling himself that, you know, you can only make changes to the system if you're a high up position. So I think like he kind of thinks he's doing it for moral reasons, but at the same time, he's not really. And this is what later on, you know, teacher Kim points out to him is like, you're pretending you're doing it for ethical reasons. Really? You're just greedy. You just want it all. And that's really Dongju's, you know, he has to discover this about himself and accept it. And he keeps, you know, trying to, uh, he just, every decision he makes is just the worst. And he just, you know, goes down, down, down in his situation. Um, but it's very moving. Like, I, and I think it's really interesting the way the show has done it in that you really, really like him. So when he has fucked everything up, being transferred to a country hospital, humiliated himself, embarrassed himself, um, you know, picked his own greed over patient's well-being. And he's sitting in a corridor and crying because he doesn't know how to fix his life. As a viewer, you feel so much for him. You still really, really like him, even though he's done some very questionable things. Um, and I just thought that was really clever writing, I suppose, that he doesn't you know, he doesn't really turn into an anti-hero at any point. He's someone who's really lost his way and you're really, really rooting for him to figure himself out. 
And I think that arc really lasts for quite a long time in the drama, which I liked, you know, so he'll sort of establish himself out at Doldum Hospital, which is the country hospital he kind of gets forced to go to where he meets the rest of the main cast and, you know, Teacher Kim or Dr. Romantic himself. And you'll think that he's established, you'll think that he's kind of sunk into being like, yes, he wants to stay out here. He wants to be a good doctor, not the best doctor. He wants to be, you know, a good doctor for his patients. And then another opportunity will come up where, say, the big chairman or, you know, the big, I don't know, director or whatever of the big soul hospital will be like, hey, don't you, if you do this really shit thing, um, like really shit thing, um, then you can come back to Seoul and I'm going to give you heaps of money and you're going to be real great. And you think at this point, that Dongju will be like, no way, I'm not going to do that. That's so unethical. And he doesn't. He like, he fully wavers. So I really liked it. I liked how long the drama sort of draws that ethical quandary within Dongju out while still making him a completely likable and lovable hero that you want to follow through on the journey, but you just really root for him to do better all the time. So yeah, I thought that was great. I really, really liked it. Um, And so when he ends up out at Doldum, you know, it's really just about, I guess that's when it turns into an ensemble cast. We have Teacher Kim and, you know, he, Dongju clashes majorly with Teacher Kim. And so the rest of the drama is about both of those men really learning to respect each other and, you know, giving each other reason to respect each other. And of course, Dongju reconnecting with Sojong, who turns out she's been there for the last five years and he's still completely in love with her, even after not seeing her for five years. And he's so hurt that she never contacted him or called him in all that time and so they have a bit of an antagonistic sort of relationship at the start but that quickly you know again turns into friendship and respect and love and um, then there's just a whole ensemble cast that are all great and really interesting and I liked all of them Um, I was just really keen on every scene in this show because it was always kind of interesting I don't know and I even like teacher Kim's sort of struggle against you know the big hospital in Seoul and like I don't know it it just wasn't boring it was really fun Um, I'm not really going to go into the rest of the plot because I think that although there definitely is plot you know a lot of it is that episodic kind of um you know, operation of the week, even though I think the drama does a really good job of not making it feel like that. It's not like every episode begins with, you know, nothing and then they get the operation and then it ends and the episode ends. Um, Everything sort of, you know, is cliffhangers. And one thing I love about the show, which I thought was great for the pacing, is there's never one emergency. There's always at least two, if not three. So there's always you know, multiple people going through crises that are completely different and different, you know, like different operations always happening at the same time. Like it's really good for pacing. I think it really, really drives the show forward. Um, So that's all I'm going to say about setup. And I'm just going to talk quickly about some points that I really, really loved in this drama um, before I finish. All right, so here's the list of some of the things that I loved about Dr. Romantic season one. Um, so I loved Kung Dong-ju. I thought he's just such a good character. And yes, I desperately needed to see Yu yeon sook doing stuff other than dying. So, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I think um, beyond just loving that actor and really enjoying seeing him on screen, um, I thought the character was really complex and I thought he was probably more complex than I expected him to be. And those complexities and those ethical dilemmas that he kept facing lasted a lot longer than I expected. And I just really appreciated it. I really, really enjoyed all those aspects of the show a lot. And I felt he was a really well-rounded character that, you know, by the time the end of the drama comes and he makes the right decisions, like you're like, yes, like it's real fist pumpy kind of moments, like very, very cool. Um, the other character, I, I just loved um, Sojong. So Dr. Yoon Sojong, um, played by So Hyun Jin. Um, she was great. Like, I feel like out of all the characters, she probably had some sort of unresolved storylines a little bit. Like, you know, in the first episode, we find out her fiance is cheating on her and um, she never finds that out, which I think could have been good for her to know because she feels like he died because of her and that might have you know, lifted a little bit of her guilt. Um, 
We know after that accident that killed her fiance, she's had PTSD, but she's kind of over it now. But she still has an episode at the start of the drama where she, you know, she slices open her own wrist. And I feel like she was she'd overdosed on some pills, but I still feel like that wasn't hugely addressed. Um, I feel like I feel like I kind of was expecting that sort of trauma to come back into the drama and get resolved a little bit more. But in a lot of ways, I think this show is quite quiet. Um, I don't, you know, obviously there's operations and emergencies every two minutes, but at the same time, there's a slice of life feel to the show, even though the emotions are heightened. Um, that I feel like, you know, throughout the show, we see Sojong falling in love with Kang Dong-ju and at first pushing back on it because she feels guilty, but eventually she accepts him. And I think... Um, I think maybe that is her cathartic, you know, resolution to this PTSD problem and this guilt, like maybe just by accepting that she loves him and he loves her. And she tells him, you know, every time she she feels good about being with him, she remembers the accident and she doesn't want to do that to Kang Dong-ju because it's putting the accident between them. And Kang Dong-ju is just basically like, I don't give a fuck about that. I love you. You said you like me. I'm really happy about it, you know? And so he's just fine. And I think that really goes a long way to healing her of that problem, I suppose. Um, but it's just, I guess, in terms of writing, it was it's a lot of a lot quieter of a resolution than you would expect, I suppose. So I didn't mind it. I didn't mind those unresolved threads because, you know, you feel like she's happy, she's solid, she's confident, she's proud and she's in love by the end of the drama. So it's not like you feel like she's going to, you know, hurt herself or overdose again anytime in the future. You really feel like she's found a happy, good, positive place in her life. So you don't, yeah, I guess you can just believe that that is her character resolution, I suppose. It's just that it happens in a much quieter, more subtle way than maybe dramas normally treat things like that. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I really liked her too. She's very steely and has, you know, a lot of backbone. There's particularly some scenes where she gets assigned to be the doctor of Chairman Shim, who's this very intimidating old dude who, you know, owns the hospital and he doesn't want her to treat him because she's a woman. And she just like, she's super cool in the way that she handles it. You know, she doesn't scream at him, but she just kind of puts him in his place and gets him to like her a lot within a very short period of time. And I just, I found that very cool. I just thought she looked really cool. Um, so yeah, I really, really loved her character. The next thing on my list is the romance. The romance in this show is fucking lovely. It's so good. Um, like I said, the kiss scenes are like amazing. They're so good. They're romantic, but they're a bit sexy too. They're just really, really cool. And I think um, the other thing I really like, so I guess there's two things in the romance that I really liked. The first is that Kang Dong-ju is so forward about his feelings. Um, he's like just not embarrassed. Like he won't blush and he'll just stare at her and say the most forward things. Um, and I really liked that. I thought that was really cool. So he's constantly just like, you know, I guess putting her on the back foot and just asking her out and just kind of he's understand, like he knows already that she does like him, but something's going on with her. She's not able to admit it. So it's not like, you know, like a horrible thing where he's pushing himself on her. It doesn't feel like that at all. It feels very romantic. Like he's just not going to give up because he knows there's something going on and he needs to break through it. Um, and I really liked all those scenes. Um, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, you know, he just really wears his heart on his sleeve, I suppose. And I find that very endearing. The other thing I really liked about the romance is, um, you know, they, they fight quite a lot, but not in a bad way. It's like they really tell each other the things they need to hear, even if they don't want to hear them. So they really tell each other the truth. Um, so when Kang Dong-ju is struggling with his ethical dilemmas, you know, Sojong doesn't understand because she, it's clear what the right thing to do is. So she'll really dress him down and admonish him for, you know, even contemplating doing the wrong thing. And it's the kind of stuff he really needs to hear. Like he really needs someone who's just going to tell him like it is. And I think from all these interactions, they kind of grow into this very, very easy, very believable, realistic friendship and, you know, hugely based on respect for each other, um, respect for each other as people, but also as doctors, you know, they really respect each other's skills and really cheer each other on as well, which I just really liked that whole dynamic. And I think one scene that I thought was a really good, um, 
kind of representation of this like solid friendship dynamic, even though, you know, he's pushing for more and she's sort of just afraid to take the next step. Um, there's a scene where she is desperate. Um, Sojong is desperate to be picked as like the first assistant in this upcoming operation. She really wants to work with teacher Kim. So she starts practicing um, like these, I don't know, freaking organ stitching things. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> And so Dongju comes into the operation room and she's practicing and he starts helping her, you know, like, so he's, I love it because he's just supporting her to get what it is that she wants, which is really, really cool and teaching her and treating her seriously. But also there's this scene um, where, you know, like to teach her how to stitch a weird organ, he has to put his arms around her and like, you know, have his hands over her hands. And it's so cheesy, like that kind of scene, you know, it happens. And then, you know, normally when that sort of a scene is happening, Happening, she'll turn around and look at him and then they'll have a moment and it'll be, I don't know, like really cheesy sort of um, over the top romance scene. But this one I really liked because um, it's like neither of them kind of are fully aware that it is such a romantic thing. Um, you know, he has his arms around her and he's teaching her and then she gets it right. And then they're both just like fist pumping and like really excited that she's achieved the thing she's been trying to do. And it's like, it's less of this kind of romantic moment as this moment of they're so close in terms of friendship and love but um that they barely even I don't know how to even explain it but I suppose it makes me think of if you've been with someone for a very very long time and you know them very well and you love them a lot you know that level of friendship between you is just so comfortable and confident and it's such a nice thing but it's um yeah I don't really know how to explain it um <laughs> but I thought it was really cool. I just thought it was really sweet. And I loved that they didn't take that romantic beat into that awkward, cheesy thing. They just really leaned on the friendship angle of it. And I thought that that for me was actually much more romantic. Um, so I, yeah, I loved it all. And I loved, um, you know, at the very end, oh, the other thing Kang Dong-ju does, the whole drama is uh, after him and Sojong get together, which I might point out a lot of times when characters get together three quarters of the way through a show, I like, I lose interest in the romance, but I didn't at all in this. I loved their romance um, the whole way through. I just loved every scene that they were together. They're very, very sweet and just really nice. And I loved their friendship, I suppose. And he's constantly telling her that he loves her and she's so uncomfortable about it. It's very, very funny. And of course, you know, at the very end of the drama, she finally says it back to him and he's very excited. So it's just really sweet. It's a really, really lovely romance. Um, but surprising for me, uh, because I thought the romance was why I was watching this drama. I got really into Teacher Kim and Teacher Kim's storyline. I really liked him. I thought the actor who plays him, Han Suk-kyu, is really good. Um, he's just very magnetic and really has a lot of charisma, I suppose. He also got a great voice, like a really deep sort of gravelly weird voice. Um, so he was great. And I was really just sort of invested um, in him and his, all the bureaucratic infighting and in him achieving his goals. And um, yeah, he was a really fun character and he's quite stern and hardcore. And there's this amazing scene that made me laugh so much. Um, after the big operation with Chairman Shim and, you know, basically he achieves an operation that, you know, all the baddies in the show really would were hoping that he wouldn't and they're staring at him and the baddies like just livid with anger that this patient has survived and then teacher Kim just looks at him and then like literally pokes his tongue out at the director of like the whole hospital foundation it's so funny like it's so petty and so childish and so hilarious so I really really enjoyed it, it made me laugh a lot. So yeah, I really, really liked Teacher Kim. Um, the other thing I liked, as I said, was the operations. I actually was, you know, after I got into them, I was like on the edge of my seat. They were very, very exciting. Um, and one thing I wanted to point out is I have no idea about hospitals um, and I don't know about medical stuff, but the amount of times that these doctors have to like climb up on the bed on their knees and do CPR, like not CPR, but that, you know, the, the chest compression thing where they like got their hands on the, the patient's chest, like like three times an episode, I swear they have to do this, but also I get it because it looks fucking cool. Like they really do look like heroes when they do it. It's really good fun. Um, the other stuff I liked was the whole team, like the whole ensemble cast and the hospital and the kind of just the vibes of that ensemble cast are really, really cool. Um, I point out there's, you know, a few familiar faces in there. Um, Kim Min Jae plays a nurse. Um, he's always really likable. 
And interestingly enough, um, a really interesting character in the story is played by Young Sejong, um, who yeah, I'm not sure if this was like his first role, but he's got such a baby face in this. Like he looks completely different to how he looks now. Um, and, you know, I just watched him in My Country very recently where he had the lead role and he's playing this badass warrior guy covered in dirt and blood. And it's mad to see him in Dr. Romantic and his little tiny baby face. Like he, he just looks like very fresh. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed seeing him in this. That was really cool. And I also thought his character was interesting. So yeah, I, I loved it. Um, so I guess stuff I didn't like, there wasn't really anything that I didn't like. Um, and like I said, there's just some sort of strange threads at the end. Um, but I really felt, I mean, part of that's probably because I didn't realize, but an extra episode does get tacked on at the end. So I guess in terms of the main arcs, they really finish in the second last episode. And then um, the very last episode is, um, oh, my cat's just jumped up on my desk. She's going to try and get in my way. No. Um, so it does feel like a little bit tacked on, but I didn't mind it too, because I think it also hits home with that slice of life feeling that really the show has a very strong slice of life kind of angle, I think. And you know that nothing's, I mean, a lot of the emotional arcs are resolved, but they're still doctors. They're still working in the hospital. So I think there's this nice sense of the characters just keeping on going as they will, you know, um, this never ending, they're just living a life and we got to see a window of it. And even though the show's finished, their lives aren't finished. So you don't have this neat wrapping up of the story, but I actually thought that was really cool. Um, so I think that's all I'm going to say. And that was probably quite a lot. I've been talking for a really long time um, about Dr. Romantic season one. I think if you haven't watched it, uh, you should give it a go. Um, it really is like comfort food. It's, it's that drama that you can watch if you're feeling down because there's something just overall very positive about it. Even though, you know, it's like bitter and sweet. It's like real life. Yes, there's death in it and there's sadness in it. And there's all these conflicts that people have to overcome. But on the whole, it's a very positive kind of themed show, I think, and very inspirational and beautiful and romantic and also fun, um, really fun. So I, yeah, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And you know, you really love these characters to the point that when they succeed at things, um, you know, you really, you get very excited. It feels very, very satisfying to see teacher Kim, you know, get one up over his enemies and stuff like that. So, um, I think I definitely recommend it. Um, even if you don't like hospital shows, like I thought I didn't like hospital shows, big hypocrite that I am. Um, it's worth your time. That's what I think. Um, so if you have watched it, I love to know your feelings about it. Um, please feel free to contact me if you would like to tell me how you feel about it. Um, and that's it from me on Dr. Romantic season one. So now it's time for my random thing of the week. Um, so at the moment, oh, so I've just got a bunch of books, which I'll talk about during my favorite thing, <laughs> something that I'm loving this week. But for my random thing, um, I'm reading a book at the moment called Untold Night and Day, and it is translated from Korean um, by, and the book is by Bae Sua. Um, and I don't really have a point to this random thing, except that there was this one little throwaway comment in this book. Um, it's a very strange story. It's very almost like a fever dream. Like you don't really know what's going on or what's real or what isn't. But there was this one throwaway comment about the idea that, you know, when you're young, like younger, you get asked a lot what your dream is, you know, what, what do you want to be? What do you want to do with your life? What's your dream? Um, and it's such a big theme in so many dramas in, in so many different, I guess, forms of literature and stories. And the book was sort of making the point that as you get older, you get asked that question less frequently, um, until the point where you don't get asked that question ever again. Like there, there will become a point in your life where no one is going to ask you that because you're considered too old. I don't know what to have achieved your dream. Like you should have already achieved it or something. Um, you're not, no longer in your formative years. Um, and I just thought it was interesting because the way it's described in the book is the character who mentions it is kind of saying that because no one asks him anymore what his dream is, he doesn't think about it anymore. And he had sort of almost forgotten what his dream was. And I just thought it was really interesting because this particular character, his dream was always something 
he feels like there's a difference between a dream and reality. So his dream is very unattainable and it's not even something that he's trying to achieve. It's almost like he just likes having a dream close to his heart because it's you know, it's, it's dreaming. It's something positive. It's something special in life to have a dream. And he's kind of saying like, he doesn't really worry about the distinction between reality and a dream, because obviously they're different things. Like if his dream, if he was trying to make his dream reality, then it wouldn't be a dream anymore. So it's just a really interesting way to look at that whole concept of having a dream. And it also really made me think about that, you know, as, as you grow older, you don't get asked that question anymore. No one really cares what your dream is anymore. Um, it's, it's like dreaming is for young people. And yet just because you get older doesn't mean you don't have dreams anymore either, does it? Like, I think everyone still has things that they're dreaming of or dreaming for or hoping towards. Like, So yeah, I just found it really interesting as an idea. And I think it kind of struck me and kind of stuck in my head a little bit after I read it. Um, even though in the book, you know, it's it's not a point in the book. It's just a throwaway comment. But um, yeah, I found it, it, it was something I just, I've been thinking on a little bit. Hmm. So that's it from me, I think, um, for my very weird random thing of the week, which probably didn't make a lot of sense, but I hope that you enjoyed listening to it anyway. <laughs> now it's time for my something I'm loving this week section. So in the city that I live, we've been very, very lucky. Um, and a lot of the lockdown restrictions have been um, lifted uh, because there has been no new cases um, in the pandemic for quite a while. So we've been very, very lucky. But also I live in quite an isolated place <laughs> in the world. Um, so one of the nice things um, that's happened, people are still very cautious and obviously things have not returned to normal by any means. Um, but my local bookstore reopened their doors. They have a lot of social distancing practices um, in place and you're only allowed so many people in the store and you can't be close to anybody, but you can go in and you were allowed to browse and have a look around. So um, yesterday I did that and I, I haven't actually kind of spent a really long time browsing in a bookstore for a for years. Um, and this is because books are expensive. Usually I know exactly what book I need to get and I go in and I buy it and then I leave. And also because I'm an author, um, you know, I mentioned I write under some different names. Um, so for one of those, it's like you kind of have, there's an expectation on you and it's not a bad thing, but there is an expectation on you to read certain books to support your community, to support the people around you. Um, and you want to show that you're, you're supporting them by reading the books. So sometimes you do feel a lot of pressure to buy and read very particular books that might not necessarily be, you know, the stories that are, you know, the ones calling your heart or the ones you're most interested in or the ones that are most to your personal taste, but you just have to do what you've got to do. Which is why quite often when I go to a bookstore, I have, you know, a list of things that I just have to go and purchase and I have to read them whether I kind of want to or not. It's like a, it's an author thing, you know, it's part of supporting your community. Um, and because of that reason, I do buy less books very particularly for my heart, like follow the things that I particularly just want. Um, and I still do, of course, but less than I used to, I suppose, before I became an author. I think that probably sounds very strange, but I think a lot of authors probably experience this, um, particularly if you're part of a very strong, um, supportive community of other authors. Um, so yeah, well, um, actually it's my, my birthday soon-ish, um, this month anyway. Um, and so my big kind of present from my family was me buying, a lot of books. Um, so I had this experience yesterday where I went to my local bookshop and I had written myself like a whole bunch of titles that I was interested in that I've sort of been adding to this list every time I come across a book that I'd like to read. Um, and none of them are going to be helpful for me in terms of my author profile, like, you know, in supporting my community or that kind of stuff. They're not even in the same genres that really I write in. So 
they, they, I guess what I'm saying is there's no sort of promotional benefit to me reading these stories. These are just stories that I want to read for fun, for myself, to open my mind and my heart and learn more about stories and different places. And so I, I spent like an hour and a half or maybe two hours just slowly walking around the books, the bookshop and just adding books to my stack. And, you know, I picked up a lot that were on the list of books that I've been wanting to read for a long time, but just haven't really been able to because of money or because of, you know, other books that I had to buy first. And I also just picked up random books that I liked the sound of, or I'd heard good things about or whatever. And I ended up walking out of the bookshop with this massive like stack of novels and the whole experience um you know when they talk about retail therapy like I've never really understood that because I'm not someone who particularly enjoys shopping um it's just a personal thing it's not it's I find it a bit boring and stressful actually a lot of the time um but I get it like after that experience just wafting around that bookstore for like almost two hours and just picking up whatever I wanted. And for once in my life, not having to worry about money, you know, because it was a a special present for me, I could just pick anything I wanted. And it was heavenly. Like I felt so recharged and so good when I, when I finished and I came out with two bags filled with books. Um, so I'm very, very excited about everything I've picked up and um, hopefully as I read through them, I can talk about them a bit on the podcast if they're any good, but I got some really interesting things um, and a lot of international fiction and fiction that has been translated into English. So I actually picked up quite a few Korean language books, so obviously translated into English because my Korean is shit and I can't read Korean sadly. And also my local bookshop does not stock books in Korean. Um, so yeah, this, this book I was mentioning in my random thing was one of them. It's the first one that I've started reading called Untold Night and Day by, um, the author Bae Sua. So I got, I think two more books by translated from Korean, um, one, two books translated from Japanese, one book, um, that is Mexican. So translated from Spanish. Um, I'm trying to think what else did I get? Um, one American book. So yeah, just, just, oh, and one Australian book. So yeah, just books from all different countries with all different settings, with all different types of stories. But a lot of them were actually literary fiction, which for some reason I've gotten more interested in, um, over the past year was, I used to kind of dislike literary fiction. I actually thought it was snobby and stupid. And then these days, um, I find it very emotional and very, very interesting, um, maybe from a story and craft point of view as well. It's just very impactive as a reader emotionally. Um, so I'm really waffling now. I don't really know what I'm talking about anymore, <laughs> except that browsing in a bookshop and being allowed to spend as much money as you want and buy whatever you want is literally a version of heaven to me. Like it was so wonderful and just so much fun. And I had a lovely, lovely time. (laughs) So that's what I was loving this week. That's something that I really, really loved this week. I hope that you guys are all finding something to love this week as well. That makes you feel happy the way that that made me feel happy.